Welcome to Conversations with Maya Lenz. That's me, your host. I'm a photographer obsessed with helping women lead unapologetically. On this show, I interview women who inspire me and are making a difference in the community. What does that mean, leading unapologetically? To me, it's making a difference by leading from a place of authenticity without apologies. In other words, not seeking approval for being who you truly are, what you care for, and value. My goal with this podcast is to inspire and help women develop powerful confidence in themselves and the value they bring to the community and the world as a whole. Whether they are stay-at-home moms, entrepreneurs, pursuing a career, or growing their business. We are bilingual speakers and want to bring value to both the English and Spanish-speaking communities. Some shows will have a Spanish label when we have a Spanish-only speaking guest. Let's learn and grow together. Having to deal with all the changes and challenges that you face during your adolescence can be hard. And in addition, learning to cope with a disease and talking about it with people who just don't understand can spin out of control for the child or teenager. Welcome to the show. My guest today is Cristina Fernandez. She's a translator and interpreter. Her main focus right now is to take care of her father who has Parkinson. She's such a lovely person who gives this positive energy to everyone she meets. In this conversation, we talked about how she regained her self-confidence after being bullied as a child due to her condition with alopecia, an autoimmune disease that causes hair loss. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Conversations with Mayi Lenz. All right, let's get started with Christy. Enjoy her story. Hi, Christy. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mayi. Thank you for having me. Tell me, Christy, what do you do? So I'm actually doing several things right now. Um, I'm mainly a caregiver for my father who has uh, Parkinson's. And I'm going back into my original career, um, which is translating and interpreting. So um, I'm currently in the process of applying for a translation mentorship right now. And I also work part-time at a ramen shop near my house. Oh, that's awesome. So you're pretty busy right now. A few months ago, we did a project together. And I wanted to have you back uh, for the podcast. You were bullied when you were a child. Can you talk to me a little bit? bit about that experience and why were you bullied? Yeah, sure. Um, so I was bullied in middle school, mainly. Um, yeah, I think it was only middle school uh, for a condition that I had or have. Um, I've had what's called alopecia areata, which is an autoimmune disease that for unknown causes, um, the hair on one's body tends to fall out. Um, there are theories that it's either by genetics or by stress, um, but either way, so my hair started falling out um, since I was six years old in patches, mostly on my head, but also sometimes on parts of my body. And in middle school, my eyebrows and my eyelashes 
started to fall out as well. And I also started getting patches like on my hairline. And I mean, kids are, they're going to be kids. So I got really badly bullied for how I looked with my hair falling out, especially at such a young age. I'm not too sure if like, for example, I would walk down the street and feel very self-conscious that people were staring at me. I don't know how much of that was people actually staring at me and how much was just my anxiety. But I remember that too, um, in that period of my life. I believe we all struggle with um, body image from time to time, especially in this digital age of social Mm -hmm. media. Although, you know, body positivity is becoming such a powerful movement. And not only women, this is not just a problem with women. Men, you know, seem to struggle with body image as well. How much um, of this bullying or your condition affected your self-confidence? I think it had a really big impact on my self-esteem, especially at that age um when my hair started falling out a lot in middle school i was around mm, 11 12 around that age so i was going from becoming a preteen to a teenager and just being a teenager alone like there comes up the issue of body image and feeling insecure like in like one's new body like you're growing and developing and there are like hormones and things going on so having to deal with the issues of body image as like just like a normal teenager on top of having my hair fall out and feeling like an outcast because of that it was really hard for me and i don't really think i understood the social dynamics and the social toll um or just the toll in general that it took on my self-esteem it took me a long time to really understand to the extent the bullying in school had traumatized me. And by the time I had gotten to college, I feel like I was full of insecurities with my body image. Um, Throughout high school, I didn't get bullied, but because I didn't get bullied, I kind of, I adopted this mindset of, let's not ever tell anyone about my alopecia ever Mm. so that I don't have to deal with it again. So I was, super afraid and it was very triggering for me to talk to anyone about my hair. I would wear wigs in high school and people would ask me about my wigs. Um, Even just something casual, like it might have not been like anything malicious or anything, but because I had gone through the bullying experience, every time someone even like brought attention to my hair, I got really bad anxiety and I remember I would always, I would spend a lot of time on my appearance and I would spend a lot of time trying to fit into this image that I thought represented beauty and that I, that gave me this false sense of confidence and false sense of security. And 
I think a part of me understood that it was false because the just the extreme anxiety that I would feel whenever I would have to talk about my body image. And over the years, like I just kept on developing different ways to not only enhance my appearance, but to cover up what I thought was ugly. Like I didn't, for a long time, I saw myself as ugly internally and externally. And although like throughout my teenage years and even a lot of my college years, I had fiend or I had feigned um, this confidence in my looks and in who I was, it was actually like all just a cover up to prevent myself from feeling triggered about my hair. Um, and I think that really transferred over to the the way that I interacted with people and the way that I had relationships. I think I became a very sheltered person, a very suspicious person, someone who was always trying to see the intent of people and trying to filter like what information I gave out about myself and out of fear of like people finding out quote unquote who I really was like this ugly person I would try to like control my image and reputation so that I wouldn't have to feel that trigger of feeling like an outcast and feeling like I didn't belong that was always the main thing uh, when it came down to my hair um, I didn't really care about my hair until I saw that it was something that made me different and that hmm. stand out, but not in a good way, in a way that brought me negative attention. I was basically trying to be fake and like trying to hold up to an image of myself that I thought the world would like. I think trying to do that for like 10 years, basically my entire adolescence, um, and then coming to Florida, with no support system, coming here alone, having to deal with like culture shock of moving to a new state and not having like a social network that I could rely on 100%, not being able to drive, just all these different things, being in a new environment, it just threw my mental <laughs> capacity off balance. And I think all those coping methods that I, had, that I had been using throughout my teenagers didn't work and my life kind of came to a stop. Did you go to therapy to try to deal with all the emotions that you were going through? Um, are your parents together? Were, were your parents together um, during this time? So my parents had a kind of rocky relationship. They, let me see, they separated when I, around the time I graduated middle school. So as I was entering high school, they separated. Um, but before that, like they had been doing like an on off type thing. So okay. I guess my household was kind of unstable from the get go. <laughs> um, but I was going to therapy I started in high school, I think my senior or junior year of high school, um, there was this program in this clinic near my, like in, in Manhattan. So I would go there for therapy sessions. Um, I started going because of 
feelings of depression that I was having. And initially I went, literally, I still remember the thought that I didn't want to turn out like my mom because my mom had was dealing with like a lot of emotional things and she had clinical depression and just all these um, mental issues going on. And I felt like I needed to talk to someone and kind of steer myself out of feeling depressed and so disconnected from society. So that's why I went to, to therapy and I started going to therapy. Um, it wasn't until years later that I had realized how much of an impact my hair and how I was coping with my hair falling out, how that had an impact on my mental state. It was just really unhealthy and just a lot of things I wasn't aware of that while going to therapy and working on like figuring myself out and understanding why I was having like all these emotions I, I couldn't process. Yeah, so it was really helpful to go to therapy. And how did you started feeling more confident? Like did you wake up one time and you said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on myself. I wanna get, you know, I wanna get a degree. I want to get Better? Did you just open a book? How did you find that confidence that I see in you now? Um, I've known you for a year already, and I've seen how much you change. And for um, the audience that don't know, we belong to a group called Toastmasters. And this group helps you to build um, your communication skills and leadership. And I remember when I met you, you had this beautiful hair. And I was like, I need to photograph this girl. Uh, but you were like kind of shy. Out of the blue, you, um, I had a speech ready, which I'm gonna, I was going to talk about true beauty. That's one of the things that I really lo love to, to talk about. It's a body image, loving yourself, um, you know, finding your true beauty. Mm. And that day, you showed up with your little, your braids. Um, and I was like, okay, um, there's something different about her. Oh, my God, she shaved her hair. So I thought it was a new style <laughs> that you were having. And then you stood up there and you made the speech about your condition and how um, you were finding um, your true beauty. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Now I really need to not just photograph, but we need to, I need to interview you. <laughs> I was so moved and inspired about, you know, your speech that I was like, everyone needs to hear you because you, you could help a lot of girls that are going through, through this. So talk to me about confidence. How did you find uh, your confidence and to just, you know, hello world, this is me. This is my true me and I don't want to be another persona. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. One thing that I've really learned, especially this year, is that confidence is a practice more than anything. I would start doing small activities to build my confidence and this is this was actually over a period of, of years i think now i'm kind of starting to see i guess the fruits of doing these different practices 
Um, but like, for example, I remember in high school, even though I believed in none of it at all, I would do activities that the therapist would come up with, like homework. Like I would go through, like whenever I would have like triggering moments, I would like write down my emotions and go through like the charts that um, the therapist had given me and things I would do of my own accord. I would find quotes about self-confidence and write them down. I had a little notebook full of like quotes that I liked and I would just like get lost in writing different quotes and I would do this like as much as I could and especially when I felt like really down because I would have a lot of periods where I would just go into like ruminating about negative thoughts and so whenever that would happen I would like pull out the little notebook and start reading the quotes I have written or finding new quotes as I entered college um, I started going back to different spiritual practices like I got more into meditation which is something that I learned about in high school uh, well actually not meditation more visualization in high school so I played around with that well in regards to my hair um, because I always had patches I don't think my hair has ever fully grown back even like when I would wear my hair I would just style it in a way that it didn't look like you couldn't see the the patches but whenever I would walk my dogs, sometimes I would wear my hair up, which was very anxiety provoking for me, like extremely anxiety provoking. I remember there was this one time I went into a Walgreens and I had my hair up and some people were looking at me and I put my hair down right away because I was so paranoid that they were like just looking at my bald spots. But I did this more and more. And although it was very terrifying, I would just tell myself like, it's just strangers looking at you, so it's fine. Like, it's fine. They don't even know you. So I got used to doing that um, until I could go out normally, and it felt comfortable for me to go up with my hair up um, or going out without my hair styled. So I wasn't actively trying to cover any of my bald spots. So then the next step after that was to wear my hair out with the bald spots showing with people I knew. Because one thing that I noticed was I felt comfortable at that point around strangers with my hair like that because I knew I would never see them again. But I was terrified of people that I knew finding out that I had this condition because I just, I didn't want to be bullied again. I didn't want to be vulnerable again. I didn't want to be rejected again. I thought about which friends I would feel comfortable about. I would feel comfortable with like wearing my hair out like that. And um, without saying anything or explaining, I just like would wear my hair um, like one after the other. And I was terrified. So my friends would ask me like, oh, like, what did you do to your hair? You cut it or you shaved it or something? And although at the time, like in the beginning, it was very hard for me to act like very nonchalant about it and say, like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I have this condition. Um, it felt very fake. Like I wanted to go and cry somewhere. <laughs> but I kept on like stick with my story like I have alopecia and this is this is this and eventually I just it became something that I realized I didn't have to be afraid of anymore the more I started like dealing with things in the adult world as well like I had to start stepping up in ways I never did before um to do things to take care of my dad I think that also affected my, my confidence 
um, because I had to do things that felt really, really scary to me, but I really had no choice. And once I did it, I was like, oh, that was it. (laughs) And so so, it put you, it it put you to do, yeah. Mm -hmm. That and also just sitting with myself and learning and practicing how to sit with myself when I feel like I'm at fault or something, or I feel angry at myself. I think that's the thing that has given me the most confidence, uh, which is something that I started to do more recently. Um, So whenever I would feel, or even now I still do this, um, if I feel frustrated, instead of trying to find an outlet for that frustration, I just sit with it kind of in a meditative state and I just look at what's coming up and I just like tell myself that I'm here for whatever I'm feeling and that helps me to see that a lot of what I'm feeling and the frustration that I'm feeling is coming from a fear that a fear of something that isn't going to happen or fear of something that isn't real um which a lot of the times used to be like social rejection like I would fear that no one would ever love me and that I was just this unlovable being but now that I see that I'm just scared of that and that doesn't necessarily mean that that's true it's been a long journey and like a lot of like different little steps and I think those little steps are what have led me to be able to be connected to myself the way that I am today and to be able to express myself, especially so that I can help other people and help other people see that maybe the fears that they have aren't necessarily true either or not as bad as the mind may like to make us believe. The mind is very powerful. And I always say that we are our worst critics. I tell my kids, do not label yourself. My niece, Mm -hmm. you know, we're always saying, oh, I'm stupid. All the words that we speak to ourselves um, matter. It really mm-hmm. does. What will you tell other women that are struggling to love themselves? I would tell other women who are struggling to love themselves that no matter how unloved you feel and no matter how unworthy you feel, the truth is the fact that you're here breathing and the fact that you're alive is proof that you are loved. I mean, I'm going to get a little spiritual here, but to me, the fact that I'm able to breathe, I have enough air to breathe. That's evidence enough to me that the universe loves me and that I have all that I need in this moment. And the more that you remind yourself how you're loved even in that simple way, like just the universe loving you by giving you enough air to breathe until you die. Like we have enough oxygen to live a whole entire life. When you feel these feelings of unworthiness and of not being enough, just know that the fact that you have life in you, that means that your your existence is enough and you are worthy of anything that you want and and you desire and to not minimize your power especially as women I think we are the embodiment of feminine energy a lot of times it's it's easy to forget the power that we have the creative power that our bodies even hold like just to carry another life within us 
feminine power a lot of times it gets minuscule especially in the society that we live in that try, that favors like more masculine things not that masculine energy is a bad thing but we need to honor both both sides both energies it's okay to feel good in your body it's okay to think of yourself as beautiful it's not anything selfish you're just really honoring the beauty that was given to you by nature and you're honoring your existence which is a powerful one awesome that's a beautiful answer what is your best tip for staying true to yourself and what does that mean to you being true to yourself i think my biggest tip for staying true to yourself would be to listen to your body I think a lot of times, especially in this world where there's a lot of distractions and a lot of stimulation, it can get really easy to lose yourself and to lose like this sense of like who you are. Connecting to your body and knowing how to stay connected to your body is something that's very important. And I give that tip because that's one of the main ways that I've found confidence and and kind of remembered who I am in a sense. Um and there's so many different ways that you can connect with your body. You can connect with your body through food, through meditation, through exercise, being aware of your body through visualization. There's so many different ways. So there's not one set road, but as long as you're able to connect with what's coming up inside your body, I think that's the the most important step to start from because once you understand what's going on in your body everything else gets clearer loving your body that that will be um the first step and finding confidence um beautiful being unapologetically you to me means being true to who you are and what you believe in staying true to your core values without the need to shrink in to fit into someone else's belief or limitation some people confuse being unapologetically yourself with being rude or unkind in my opinion you offer an apology when you do something wrong to someone but you don't apologize for going after your dreams and you know that's the difference at least in my opinion is there anything you are going to stop apologizing for think about something that you've been doing lately um and and you're going to say that's it uh, i'm going to stop apologizing for what would that be it would be to stop apologizing for who i am and the way that i do things i think that I do this um and like I'll see myself doing it and I'm like wait no you don't have to apologize but I I do it anyway like a lot of times I might or I'm not maybe not a lot of times I'm not so much as before but I would maybe like say something to somebody and then like right after I say like I'll analyze was that, was that rude did I oh my god they're going to assume this that and the third and before I know it, I'm apologizing for the assumption that I made that there at this point like in my head the person's mad at me for like me like saying something basic I am going to not apologize for 
who I am and for my essence. Just remember that. I ask this question because I do the same sometimes. And you know, that's our ego getting on the way. Mm-hmm. We start making up stories about what another person is thinking, which is, you know, crazy because we don't know what the other person is thinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, we say things uh, unless you're coming from a place of, you know, envy and and being rude and unkind. And that's just you in your heart. But if you're coming from a place of love and um, we all have these different perceptions about when mm-hmm. we say something, the words that you that we use, it's important. But at the same time, you cannot start elaborating and making up stories of something that you ask and maybe the person is not even thinking you know it's mm-hmm. saying oh okay let me let me think about it and let me get back to this person and you're there already you know making us assumptions of something that that hasn't even happened <laughs> mm, exactly. so yeah that's that's good that you know i love that yeah and it's also just not keeping the ego down, but like just acknowledging like what you like acknowledging, I guess learning to acknowledge what's true and what's not true. Like there's a lot of thoughts that pass through our mind. And if we start acknowledging and voicing the thoughts that aren't really true, then like it becomes a part of our, our story. Like I, I believe that you said that a couple minutes ago, like not allowing the ego to apologize for something that it, feels is true is a way of like letting like our true essence out I feel if you're not voicing and you're not giving attention to those false stories and they kind of just fall off into the background eventually right Christy is there anything that you would like to tell somebody or maybe looking back and you want to tell that little girl in you. One thing that I would say to my inner child or to anyone is that you are always loved. And the fact that you're here and we're able to talk and you're able to have this experience, that right there is the evidence that you are loved and you will always be loved. Yes. And, and we are sending all of our listeners love. Love is the essence of everything, of everything that we do with our friends, with our families, with the people that we interact with. And we need to share more of that. Thank you so much for being here today, sharing your experiences with all of us. I really love your attitude. I love the way um, you express yourself. I love how you are an inspiration to many people. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for allowing me to um, participate in this project. It's been a very amazing project. I really love your message and what you're, you're trying to bring to the world. I always like think about you and like your smile. And whenever I feel myself smiling more, I think of like your spirit. And I'm like, oh, I feel like I have my G spirit with me, <laughs> encouraging Aww. me to smile more. <laughs> I'm really nervous with this podcast. This is something that I had in my head for a very long time since I graduated as a webmaster. That's been more than, wow, 15 years. Uh, That was before I had my 
first daughter <laughs> and she's 16. Wow. <laughs> oh but I always, you know, we always have that thing inside of us that we have a message, but we don't feel like we're not the right person mm. to share the message. And how dare you, you know, like think that I will be able to give advice if we're not quote unquote expert. There is so much that we can learn from each other. And that's why I created this podcast. And I call the conversations because it's a conversation that we need to have, especially among women. We need to lift mm. each other up and build each other up. One of the main reasons why I did it. And I told somebody, if I succeed, and then I was like, no, you know what? It is going to succeed. I might not know that much right now. I have so much to ask and I'm just, I get so excited talking to people and I know it's, it's going to be awesome. Our message is going to go above and beyond. Whoever's listening to this message, we're here for you. Thank you so much, Christy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening today. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and family and consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts or tell us what you think on social media on Instagram and Twitter at Mayi Lens and on Facebook page Conversations with Mayi Lens. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. Until next time, talk to you soon.